Welcome to The Lawyerist Podcast, a series of discussions with entrepreneurs and innovators about building a successful law practice in today's challenging and constantly changing legal market. Lawyerist supports attorneys building client-centered and future-oriented small law firms through community, content, and coaching, both online and through The Lawyerist Lab. And now, from the team that brought you the Small Firm Roadmap and your podcast hosts. Hi, I'm Stephanie Everett. And I'm Jennifer Wiggum, and this is episode 445 of the Lawyerist Podcast, part of the Legal Talk Network. Today, Zach interviews Brittany Felix, our podcast editor, about podcasting for law firms. Today's show is brought to you by Clio, Posh Virtual Receptionists, and LawPay. We wouldn't be able to do our show without their support, so stay tuned because we're going to tell you more about them later on. So Brittany is our podcast editor, and she's great. I think we universally love her. But something else she does is she is a coach for people who are starting podcasts or even in the middle of their podcast, which is really interesting because there really is a coach for probably everything. And there's a good reason for that, why there's a coach for everything. And I think some of you may or may not know, we have a coaching program for solo and small firm lawyers called Lab that Stephanie is our head coach of. And Stephanie, tell me a little bit about why you think coaching is good for lawyers and good in general. Yeah, I mean, it's such a big term and there's so many flavors of coaching that happen. And I think that could be one of the confusing things because we hear about these different types of coaches and people may be thinking, well, is that a good fit for me? And I think our program also is interesting and different in that our coaches are really equipped to go where our clients need us. So I was just thinking when you asked me that question, one coaching call I had this morning was with a lawyer who's had a very successful business for a long time, but he wants to make a shift and he wants to build something different. And so we're really working through the business model, what it's going to look like, how he's going to price it, what services he's going to offer, how he's going to build this type of business. And so that's one type of business coaching we do. Other times it takes on different flavors where you really don't have help. When you're sitting as the business owner, you know, we often say it's it's a lonely place to be and yeah. you don't have anyone to talk to or potentially, you know, bounce ideas off of and really get that help and support that you need to run a successful business. And so in that sense, it sort of looks different. Sometimes people are coming to us with really specific issues, like they're struggling with an HR issue. Not that we're giving legal advice, but they're struggling, like, you know, more they're struggling with a management issue. How do I manage this person? How do I coach this team member that I have? Or should I fire them? Or how do I approach hiring differently? Sometimes they're just overwhelmed, which I know is like something we've been hearing a lot where they're just like, I'm not clear how to prioritize what's on my list because I know I have these goals and I know I need to be making an effort to move closer to my goals, but they're not sure how, or maybe they're even stuck on what the goal should be. So there's a lot of different flavors that our coaching calls take. And maybe that's one of the takeaways is everybody needs help. Everybody needs support, including in running your business. And that's exactly what we do. Yeah. I think that's a great description. And I think the word coach, like you said, often just get so many different definitions towards it. I mean, originally we think about a sports coach and honestly, it's not that far off 
in terms of that, but I think that was a great description. And so if that's something that intrigues you, check out our show notes. We just have a short call with you or not short, short to medium that you have with a coach that we call strategy call where it feels like a coaching call. They're going to talk to you about their business and they'll just see if this is the right place for you. So check out the link, sign up for a call and just see if it's right. Yeah. I love that. And I'll just plug, we have our 30 day love it or leave it taco guarantees, (laughs) which is fun because it gives you a chance. If you're, if you've been thinking about this for a while, maybe you've heard us talk about it before, but you're still not sure. I tell people the easiest way to figure it out is to try it. So you can join our program for 30 days. And if you join our program in the first 30 days, you don't love it. Obviously we want to know because we want to try to fix something if we can. But if you really say, no, this wasn't actually what I was thinking, look, we're going to give you your money back and we're going to send you 10 bucks to buy a taco on us. So there's no reason to not come and try it because I've just, you know, made it risk-free. Yeah. Risk-free and a taco. Now here is Zach's conversation with Brittany. Hi, I'm Brittany and I am a podcast launch consultant and editor. I have been helping business owners since 2017 start and utilize podcasts as a part of their business to help generate leads, network with other people in the industry, build their brand awareness, all kinds of different (laughs) things, land speaking engagements, skip book deals. I mean, it is amazing the things that can come from a podcast. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, after I have lost track of how many years now, seven years or something, (laughs) this is just what I do. And it's amazing. And I love getting to help people because a lot of my clients aren't just business owners. They are helping people as well. So by proxy, like I also get to help them help people. And I call it like being part of a, like a ripple effect of change in the world. Mm -hmm. And I mean, the end listener usually never knows that I'm involved, but I do. And it's something that I'm very proud of. That's very cool. That's I had never thought about it that way of, you know, if you help those who help others, you're really kind of exponentially extending the, the help that you can have. Well, Brittany, I really appreciate you being being on our show. And just so everybody, all the listeners know, Brittany is the one in the background. She's our podcast fairy, you know, pulling all the levers, making sure that I sound like a reasonable human being, which if you've met <laughs> me in person is difficult to do. But yeah, Brittany is the podcast editor for the Lawyerist podcast, and she helps us sound professional. But she doesn't just do law firm podcasts, but certainly has an ear for all that and knows about the marketing aspects of these things. So Brittany, thanks again for for being with us. Thank you so much. And I mean, an interesting part why I was so excited to start working with Lawyerist in the beginning, I actually, I have a degree, I have an associate's degree in law enforcement because I originally thought I was going to go to law school and become a lawyer. And I actually worked at a law firm for a few years and decided law was more of a hobby and not a career, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it's still something I'm really fascinated with. Oh, that is very neat. And just so we don't go off tangent, I'm sure we could at this point. Uh, (laughs) My father was, he got a degree in law enforcement and then wound up going to being a lawyer. And we've actually had him on this podcast. So, you know, everybody go get a degree in law enforcement and you'll, you'll be connected to this podcast somehow. (laughs) Well, in all seriousness, though, we have a relationship here where you help us use our podcast, edit our podcast, but also market this thing. And I think that's a thing that a lot of attorneys are interested in as 
you know, and as mm -hmm. people can obviously imagine, we generally like to hear ourselves talk or like to hear ourselves think <laughs> or like to write or like to put our opinions out there. This is a big kind of question. What would you say to a lawyer that wants to get on to some podcasts, that wants to dip their toe in the marketing aspects of podcasts? I would say that as long as you are pitching the right shows, it's mm -hmm. probably a lot easier than you think mm -hmm. to get on podcasts as a guest, which we can go down the route of like pitching and what to look for. But most podcast hosts, unless they are like a top tier, super popular show, which you don't really want to go after those anyways, mm -hmm. most podcast hosts are desperate for good guests. They get pitched so often and it's very clearly by people who have not only never listened to an episode of the show, but didn't even bother to like look at the title of the <laughs> show. I literally just got a pitch last week. My podcast is about podcasting mm -hmm. and it's for business owners. And I literally got a pitch last week for someone to come on and talk about dogs. I mean, it literally would have taken less than five seconds to figure out that is not what my podcast is about. Right. So when you have a pitch come in that's relevant from someone in the right industry who has expertise, who has experience, mm -hmm. it stands out and you're going to get yeses. You're going to get people saying, yes, please come on my show. And especially if you offer, hey, I can talk about this thing and it's like relevant for their audience, they're going to love it. Okay. So... That kind of gets me with two things. One is people are, well, podcast hosts, podcast creators are looking for good guests, but they're also getting a lot of crap sent their way. Absolutely. <laughs> and so, you know, you're saying, how do we not be the crap, you know, be something relevant. But I think that a lot of attorneys, as much as we do like to hear ourselves talk, and I'm not speaking for everybody with that, obviously, but as much as we do like to hear ourselves talk, we don't want to be wrong. And we don't want to be told no, kind of, yeah, let's tease out this pitching yourself aspect. Like how do people really nuts and bolts go about it? Yeah. So I would say this should definitely be something that the attorney should not be doing themselves. Okay. Their time is far more valuable, literally. <laughs> but if you have an assistant, mm -hmm. be it virtual or in an office who can do the research for you. They can look up shows that are popular in your industry. And it doesn't even necessarily have to be shows. You can get creative with it. It's just shows that you think your ideal client is listening to. Okay. So depending on who you typically serve, what market that is, what type of person that is, those are the shows you want to be targeting. But you also need to make sure that you're relative or, you know, you're, you're actually talking about a topic that's related to what their show is about. Mm -hmm. And obviously being in the legal space, you have to kind of be careful about what information you share and, and what you talk about. But if you get creative enough with it, you're going to find that there's probably a lot more shows that you can be a guest on and still get your name out there. Mm -hmm. Because I mean, almost everybody is going to need an attorney at some point for something. <laughs> and even right. if you're not necessarily the right one, they might still reach out to you because they heard you on a, on their favorite podcast and mm -hmm. they thought you were funny or they thought you were really helpful just in that short time that they heard listened to you. So they'll reach out to you and say, hey, can you help me with this? And even if you can't, maybe you can refer them out to somebody else who can. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe you can say, you know, unfortunately, we can't help you with this, but keep us in mind in the future. So I wouldn't necessarily rule out shows that aren't like directly related. You just care more about 
who's the audience for that show. Mm -hmm. And then you want to have the assistant get the contact information for that podcast host. Usually they have a website, some way to contact them, right? whether it's Instagram or if you have an assistant who is very technical, who understands how the tech side of things work, you can actually pull a contact address from the RSS feed of a podcast, mm -hmm. which is the technical term for like all of the actual code that makes up the show. Right. If they know how to access that, which is actually way easier than people think, <laughs> you can pull an email address right from that. And that's the email address for the show itself. So you don't even have to go hunt and dig on like somebody's website for a contact page. And then you want to just send a specific email, actually address the host by name. Mm -hmm. Don't just say, dear podcast host. I get a lot for Greg. For, yeah. I get yeah, a lot of that, them for that Greg. Makes sense. No idea. Greg has never worked for lawyerists, but I get a lot for Greg. I, <laughs> I'm not Greg. <laughs> um, and then you just want to say, I mean, keep it short and sweet. Mm -hmm. Attorneys know. Like, you don't want to sit and read a, you know, 10 paragraph email for something that could have been said in two sentences. Right. Like, keep it short and sweet. Say, hey, such and such is an attorney, blah, blah, blah. We think that he would be a great fit for your show. Here are a couple of talking points for things that he could discuss that he, your audience might find value in. Mm -hmm. Let me know what the next steps would be if you feel like this would be a good fit. It, that is literally all it has to be. They just want to know that you're a real person. You actually know what their show is about and you can provide value to their audience. And then they're going to come back and either say like, yes, here's how we move forward mm -hmm. or no, it's not a great fit. And then you just move on, which is why you don't want to put a ton of effort into it. Right. Or they're not going to respond at all, which is, I mean, I guess kind of worst case scenario. It's like, I've never sent an email that said, I hate you. Please don't ever email me again. You know, like <laughs> the worst case scenario, they just don't respond to you. Right. Right. Usually if it's not a good fit, I mean, sometimes, yeah, you will get a no. I sure. send back unless it's ones that are like completely off the mark. Like right. the one that sent me the one about the dog, like they just got blocked. I'm not even responding right. or wasting my time. But if they are someone who actually put in time and they're just really not quite a good fit, mm -hmm. I do respond and say, hey, thank you. You know, but and honestly, a lot of times if they've been a good guest, if they've been a good potential guest, but not a good fit for my show, mm -hmm. I might forward it on to other podcast hosts that I know. Right. Right. Yeah. Because, again, people are looking for good quality content. So mm -hmm. kind of speaking of that, do you have to have bona fides? Do you have to have proven yourself? Do you have to say, well, I've been on many other podcasts or something like that? Or you know, can people just get started? No, people can just get started. Now, if you have been on a couple of podcasts and you just want to like have that as a link mm -hmm. to say like, hey, if you want to check it out, but most podcast hosts aren't. Now, if they take their show really seriously, like if somebody does that for me, I will go check it out just to see what their audio quality is like. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I'm not going to sit and listen to somebody else's whole podcast episode to know if I want to have this guest on. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. I don't have time for that. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I guess you may find a new podcast that you like, but it's unlikely to be that way. Kind of thinking about if they have good quality, like, so let's say I don't have a sure microphone set up with all the bells and whistles and whatnot. Can I still ask people if I can be on their podcast? <laughs> you know, absolutely. Absolutely. So the great thing about being a guest is that the podcast listener is so trained now to kind of deal with lesser quality audio from a guest. 
So as long as you don't sound absolutely terrible, you're going to be fine. Now, the host will probably appreciate if you have an actual microphone as opposed to, you know, using like a built in mic in your your headphones, Mm -hmm. which you absolutely can do. And sometimes it can sound really good. The main thing is you just want to make sure that you're recording in a decent environment. So, you know, as free from background noise as possible. Don't do podcast interviews inside your office if your office has nothing but glass walls. For the love of God, please don't do that. <laughs> let's let's reiterate that one. Yeah, I personally have, you know, a lot of things on my wall that that dampen sound and and have my mm-hmm. my office filled up and I'm sure you do too. And it's interesting, that is a bigger issue than I think microphone quality is. You know, just yes. like can you hear the noises of the room? Even if you, you know, you can just have Apple headphones, you know, just the the ones that plug yes. right into your, into your Mac. And those have done really well. A lot of, a lot of times, you know, a guest with just the Apple, what are they? The AirPods. AirPods. Thank you. I don't, I don't, I'm not rich enough to have them. So uh, I don't know what they are. Well, and I actually advise against using wireless headphones because mm-hmm. a lot of times there can be a lag and a delay. Mm-hmm. So wired is usually better. But if that's all you have, then that's all you have. And as long as you have a decent internet connection, it'll probably be fine. I think that's another good one is the internet connection, because you don't want to be caught in the back and forth of like, are you there? Can you hear me? Mm -hmm. In an emergency, you can do these things while you're driving in the car, but it's not really preferred. At the very least, it's extremely distracting for the host to have to deal with, even though even if you're not doing it live. Right. Yeah, your environment is definitely far more important than your actual microphone because the better microphone you get, the more it's going to pick up the sound from your environment. Mm. So you're actually, if you're in a bad recording environment, your better microphone is going to make you sound worse. <laughs> we, so, just, we just not heightened that. it. Yeah, that's like when the HD TVs came out and, uh, you know, things started getting really, really sharp on the television and it kind of got <laughs> creepy because people weren't ready for that. And you yeah. could see the makeup on the... I'm really digressing there. So we'll we'll get back to podcasts. Actually, let's take a quick second while I've naturally paused and we'll hear a word from our sponsors. And when we get back, we'll talk about thinking about the marketing aspect of having a podcast or being on a podcast with Brittany Felix. The Lawyers Podcast is brought to you by Posh Virtual Receptionists. As an attorney, do you ever wish you could be in two places at once? You could take a call while you're in court, capture a lead during a meeting, or schedule an appointment with a client while you're elbow deep in an important case. Well, that's where Posh comes in. Posh is a team of professional, U.S.-based live virtual receptionists who are available 24-7, 365. They answer and transfer your calls so you never miss an opportunity. With Posh handling your calls, you can devote more time to billable hours and building your law firm. And the convenient Posh app puts you in total control of when your receptionist steps in. So if you can't answer, Posh can. And if you've got it, Posh is always just a tap away. With Posh, you can save as much as 40% off your current service provider's rates. Even better, Posh is extending a special offer to Lawyerist listeners. Visit posh.com forward slash Lawyerist to learn more and start your free trial of Posh Live Virtual Receptionist Services. That's posh.com forward slash Lawyerist. And by Clio. What do solo and small firm lawyers with great client relationships have in common? They use cloud-based legal practice management software to run their law firms. This is just one finding from Clio's latest legal trends report. There's no getting around it. The fact is, 
When it comes to client expectations, standards are higher than ever before for lawyers. Proof is in the numbers. 88% of lawyers using cloud-based software report good relationships with clients. For firms not in the cloud, barely half can say that. That gap is significant. For more information on how cloud software creates better client relationships, download Clio's Legal Trends Report for free at clio.com slash trends. That's Clio, spelled C-L-I-O, dot com slash trends. And by LawPay. Did you know 80% of lawyers struggle to make their firms profitable? If you want to build a thriving practice, you need the right set of tools. LawPay, the number one legal payments processor, in my case, the leader in legal practice management software, have joined forces to offer law firms a complete software solution. Access everything your firm needs to succeed all in one place. Track time, send invoices, get paid, handle accounting and three-way trust reconciliation, manage client intake, and more without switching between programs. Plus, access dozens of integrations that seamlessly sync with your current software. Over 65,000 lawyers trust LawPay and MyCase to streamline their firm's operations. In fact, users get paid 39% faster and gain three billable hours per day on average. So why wait? Learn more and schedule a demo now at lawpay.com forward slash lawyerist. That's lawpay.com forward slash lawyerist. And we're back talking to Brittany Felix about podcasting, specifically in the, the legal field, but Brittany certainly has a lot of experience outside of that as well. And Brittany, I wanted to kind of move towards using your appearance on someone's podcast in your own marketing. It's kind of like, okay, I want to get on a podcast and you get on and then you go, well, that was supposed to do something for me and I don't know what it is. Right. So what is that? How do we wield that? Yeah. So let's say you get that. Yes. And you're on a podcast episode. How do you translate that into whatever your objective is? Mm -hmm. For most people, it's going to be, you want to generate new leads for your business. Right. You want people signing up for an appointment with you at the very least visiting your website to get more information. So what you want to do is you don't want to necessarily like hog the conversation or dominate it or have it be one giant sales pitch. Mm -hmm. You want to just be natural and let your expertise like do the job for you. What I mean by that is talk about the topic as you would with anybody else. And that is going to do the selling for you. You don't have to do hard pitches constantly. Mm -hmm. You don't have to say, you know, well, in my business, you know, well, at our firm, we do this. Like it's going to just happen naturally and organically that people are going to be like, wow, this person really knows what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. They know their stuff already. This has been so helpful. Imagine if I actually worked with them. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to happen. Like if you just talk about the topic and share your expertise, but you do want to have that hard sell at some point. And you just want to check in with the host before you get started. Mm. Is it okay if at the end of this, I, you know, pitch my law firm or I have this upcoming thing happening, you know, this free webinar or seminar that I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Do you mind if we highlight that at some point? And usually hosts are perfectly happy to oblige. Oh, yeah. And so at the end, you can definitely do a hard pitch of whatever it is that you want to highlight. So what is the thing that normally draws people into your firm specifically? Who do you help? Like exactly get that avatar in there. You want that audience recognizing themselves as somebody who can be helped by you. Right. So talk about what services you help with. And this doesn't need to be a whole long spiel. 
just like a nice little fun thing at the end to, you know, wrap up the conversation. Yeah. And it always sounds natural. I think it's kind of the the normal thing that I hear at the end of an interview at the end of a podcast is like, if you'd like to hear more about X, Y, Z, go to blank. And so I call that a CTA. You know, it's it's yeah, called yeah. action, and plenty of people call it a CTA. That's not. It's obviously not my term. <laughs> but, but you know, you want to have some sort of CTA at the end. But I I like what you're talking about with the you know you don't have to do a hard pitch the whole time, and it makes me think of just normal networking with people. You're out mm-hmm. as a human being talking with human beings, which is not you know lawyers aren't used to being a human being a lot of times. But you're out talking with human beings and you don't sit there and, and talk about, oh, well, if you were with my firm, people generally just talk about their stuff and people go, oh, well, right. how do I contact you? You know, if exactly. I did want to know more, how would I contact? You know, we're showing our expertise in this thing as opposed to, you know, doing the the late night sales commercial of the the Ronco vacuum or, or whatever. <laughs> right. Right. We don't, you don't be the sham wow of podcast guests. Like just get on there and be a normal human being. Right. Right. Again, difficult for some of us like myself, but right. um, you know, we can, <laughs> we can fake it until we make it if we need to. Mm-hmm. So that's if we show up to somebody else's show and that's probably a really good way to get kind of experience podcasting and get an idea of what's going on. Absolutely. But what if we, we've kind of gone from there. And we've been on a show or two, somebody said, Hey, you've got a really good podcast voice. And and so we want to go and do a podcast of our own. A, how do we do that? And B, what's the benefit? And uh, those are some big, broad questions. <laughs> they are some big, broad questions. And the benefit is, I mean, it's the same as if you were a guest, except that you are the person they're tuning in for. Mm-hmm. So you have a much more captive and loyal and admiring audience when it's your own audience. And how you started could be a whole other episode of its own. (laughs) But in broad terms, basically, just as if you have a a website hosting service, you get a podcast hosting service, and you record some audio, you get somebody to edit it for you, because please don't put out an unedited podcast episode, it will actually do more harm than good for your company. Yes, because you will look like you don't put in any effort, you won't sound as great as you could in terms of being an intelligent person. Mm -hmm. And then, I mean, that's honestly pretty much it. There are a lot of of teeny tiny moving parts, of course. But I mean, that's like the 50,000 foot overview of starting a show. But one thing that I think is vastly underutilized in podcasting in general is having a local podcast. Hmm. What I mean by that is like, if you have a brick and mortar business and you're guesting on, you know, all these podcasts all over the world, but you only really serve people in your local market, mm-hmm. it's kind of a wasted effort to the point that like you're marketing to a bunch of people who can't even hire you. Mm-hmm. But if you have a local podcast about the city you live in, your audience is made up entirely of people who can hire you. Mm-hmm. And what that looks like is just having a show about your city where you talk about current events, you talk about political races on a local scale, you talk about up and coming restaurants, events that are happening, charity events, like you can literally talk about whatever you want on this show. It doesn't matter necessarily. It doesn't Mm -hmm. have anything to do with the law. But you are now seen as the expert for all things about your town. Mm. And if you treat your business, your law firm as the sponsor of your own show, 
So the law firm is being featured in every single episode of that show. Uh You are now reaching an audience of so many people who can hire you themselves, who when their neighbor or their, say their sister comes to them or a coworker comes to them and asks if they know of an attorney. Yep. I know one because you're in their ear, you know, every week or every other week talking about all things about the city. So it's great from that standpoint for generating leads, but it's also fantastic for networking. Yeah. Because if you use the show to interview other business owners, local politicians, good Samaritans, whatever, you're talking to people you wouldn't normally have access to. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, obviously getting the word out about your business there. Absolutely fascinating to think of it that way, because I think as a lot of lawyers who are probably listening to the show, they think, who is going to listen to my po- my podcast specifically on divorce family a law. lot of people <laughs> i mean they they will but there are also but, other yeah. podcasts out there but you know wouldn't they listen to one that's more about locally or you know wouldn't they listen to a couple of episodes that are about divorce as they relate to you know kind of the local stuff yeah right they're not going to necessarily tune in for a year's worth of content mm-hmm. you know they're going to tune in for whatever whatever issue or question they specifically have Right. And if you do have interesting content that's related to locally, then because what we're trying to do is get the specific audience as opposed to putting out the specific podcast necessarily. Right. Yeah. And it's it would be like sponsoring somebody's podcast that was there. It's just you're doing it already. Right. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, there's nothing that says you can't also have other sponsors. Mm hmm. So like you can sponsor your own show in air quotes, but then you can also have actual sponsors who can pay for the costs that come with having the show. So, I mean, really, it's a win-win. It's just, it just takes time. That's it. And it doesn't even have to take a ton of time. Like you could literally have a 10 minute podcast episode. If you're delivering value to your audience, that's fine. Mm -hmm. And you're still getting in front of people. You're still being seen as the expertise. I had a local podcast for my city and I had a sponsor lined up before it ever launched. I had multiple other businesses come to me after it was launched to say, hey, can you come do this activity? It'll be completely free. We just want you to give an honest review of it on the show. Absolutely. Sure. I'll come do your stained glass class. It was fun. (laughs) Like, why not? And I am, again, meeting with business owners that I never would have before. The sponsors that I had re-upped because they had people go actually visit their business and they heard about it on the podcast because it's a local show. It's not like you're trying to get a random person in some other country to go to stamps.com. Like it's so hyper-focused and your audience is extremely interested in the information you're putting out there because it's literally, it's their backyard. It's what they care about. It's what they deal with every single day. Mm -hmm. That's fantastic. Okay. So I want to start a podcast and I'm going to call it, you know, Midnight Memphis. And (laughs) we're, we're just talking about some local things here in Memphis that we're doing how do I do it though? How do I get connected with, with somebody that can do that? How, how do I get connected with you? Yeah. What a lot of people don't realize is there are actual people out there who can take care of a lot of the process for you. Like myself who are, I mean, we call ourselves different things, but you know, I consider myself a launch consultant. Some people okay. are podcast coaches. They're all basically the same thing. It's just, you know, whatever title we want to have. But what we can do is we can meet with you, discuss what you want your podcast to be about, what audience you want to serve, what you want the objective for it to be. Mm -hmm. And we can work with you and tell you exactly what equipment to get, what software to use, do mock interviews with you so you can get that out of the way with somebody like me who's not going to judge you if you have no idea what you're doing. (laughs) So that when you get on the phone with a guest for the first time, you're at least a little more comfortable. 
And then we take care of like the technical aspects for you, you know, creating that RSS feed that I hinted at earlier. That was just a bunch mm -hmm. of code and gobbledygook that you don't need to have a clue what it is or how it works as the host. Right, right. We can do the hosting service. We can give you all of the information you need and just say, hey, do this, this and this, and then we'll have your podcast out. You really want to treat this as a marketing tool for your business. Mm -hmm. You don't want to necessarily do like an MVP, like a minimum viable product. You want to actually put some effort into okay. it and hire the right people to help you and outsource so that it takes the least amount of your time as possible. Yeah. As the host, you should just be doing the recordings and that's it. Everything else you can get someone else to take care of for you. That's a good point. As you talk about that, I think about some of the early episodes of the Lawyers Podcast. There are some that don't have, you know, the greatest quality and, and things like that. Some that we might want to disavow, but that was years ago. That right. was when podcasts were just kind of getting started. And we quite frankly, got a little bit of, you know, people gave us a little leeway starting back then, but podcasts are so popular now. And, you know, we expect more out of them at this point. You can't really just jump in and sound like you're doing a podcast out of your garage. Right. But the good news is that there are still, especially with the rise of platforms like Anchor, where you can just record a podcast right on your phone and publish it right away. Mm -hmm. There's still so much garbage out there <laughs> that if you even barely put in an effort, you are going to stand out tremendously. <laughs> so it's not like you have to be like NPR level quality. You don't have to have a professional studio. It's literally a microphone plugged right into your laptop. That's all it requires. <laughs> so you don't have to. <laughs> and you're going to sound great. <laughs> you don't have to sound like Jack Lepiar and uh, right. be able to do all that. Well, Brittany, I, I really appreciate you being with me on on this. It's good to see your face and, you know, not just hear your voice back and forth. Although nobody else is going to see our faces. It's just going to be voices <laughs> in the ether again. You've had a ton of information here and your wealth of information related to podcasts and whatnot. So if people do want to learn more from you, how could they go about finding you? Yeah. So my website is podcastingforcoaches.com. And coaches is kind of a, a generalized term. It's really any sort of consultant or, you know, expert business owner, mm -hmm. which is, you know, why I still work with lawyerists. Mm -hmm. I just really like to help people grow their business. And especially if that helps them achieve a life that they, they want. That's like my main passion in life is like not settling for a life that you don't love and having a business usually is part of that. So I also have a podcast by the same name, Podcasting for Coaches, and that is a really good way for people to, A, get a lot of information. There's like over 100 something episodes where I break down the exact process for launching a podcast. I mean, any topic you want to know basically about podcasting, there's an episode on it. And then, of course, I'm on Instagram, also the same handle, Podcasting for Coaches. Fantastic. So podcastingforcoaches.com, Podcasting for Coaches on wherever you get your podcasts. If you're listening to this, you get them somewhere. And then podcasting for coaches on Instagram. Brittany, once again, I, I really appreciate you being on the show. And uh, I will see you around here and listen to you. Tell me what to do next time. <laughs> Sounds good. Thank you so much, Zach, for having me on. Thank you. The Lawyerist Podcast is edited by Brittany Felix. Are you ready to implement the ideas we discuss here into your practice? Wondering what to do next? Here are your first two steps. First, if you haven't read the Small Firm Roadmap yet, grab the first chapter for free at lawyerist.com forward slash book. Looking for help beyond the book? Let's chat about whether our coaching communities are right for you. Head to lawyerist.com forward slash community forward slash lab. 
to schedule a 10-minute call with our team to learn more. The views expressed by the participants are their own and are not endorsed by Legal Talk Network. Nothing said in this podcast is legal advice for you.